You never know. I'm so put off by the fact Tess, that we don't have just our poster. Sit up a bit so I don't look like a monster. You are a monster. <laughs> I I am. I'm a, a monster on the inside. I'm five two, and you're like six feet. We have to find her a phone book to sit on. A phone book. <laughs> In three, two, one, action. Well, welcome to Fade In. This is the show where we talk about the movies we watch and the movies we make. I'm Tess. And I'm Chris. And on today's episode, we're going to do something a little different than what we normally do. One of my guests is giving me a a sign while I'm trying to do my intro. What do you want, Michael? I I was just saying you might want to redo it because I accidentally sighed into the microphone as you were introducing it. Hey, so Tess, I'm just part gonna of put the ambiance. Okay. Hey, Tess, I'm going to shut mind up for one on? second, just showing your face to the camera. I, I was talking to my guests over there. 30 seconds of your hair. <laughs> hey, guys, can we get can we get room tone for a second? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my guests that's today, there's a there's a lot of them. Yeah, that's me on set. Um, I can't not giggle during room tone recording um, on a film set. It's the worst, and I actually have to step out of the room when we do room tone. Mm-hmm. I've learned that. Um, anyway, so as you can hear, there's many people on mic today. We have um, Mike Rabel, who you're going to hear about a little later. Just Hi. say hello. Okay, that works. He's drinking water. We have Kate Schaefer. You can say hello. hello. <laughs> We're going to talk to her in just a second. And we have Tom. Hello. There, I love the energy. I love the energy. That was, a, that was a nice and cheerful. Nice and cheerful. He's New excited. Year, right, He's excited right, to be like, here. Right in time for the holidays. I feel like yeah. it was a slide of yeah, energy from me so. to. Yeah, this is cheerful this is, 2018. This is our first episode. Of, this is our first episode 2018. So yeah. happy New Year, people. So nobody can the see me. Decorated Christmas tree. <laughs> and my Christmas prints. Kate's got Christmas pants. We're all Christmased up because we're recording this in December, but you will hear this in January and it'll still be relevant because... Hey, Christmas decorations stay up till like Three Kings Day, which is like two weeks into January. Oh, so... We're keeping the Boom. spirit alive. There we go. So today on uh, this episode of Fade In, we're doing something a little bit different. We are going to be uh, doing a table read of a script that our gal Kate Schaefer wrote. She's our one of our writers. Schaefer, that's how you say it, right? Yeah, Schaefer. Okay. I should have asked that before I said it on the air. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, but for Shepherd. Oh, is it? Yeah, like so a German Shepherd in Germany is called a Schaefer hunt. Oh, fun facts. You learn new things every day. Oh, Schaefer hunt. Um, so uh, you wrote a script today uh, called uh, Steve Solves a Murder, and we're going to read it in just a minute. But before we do, I want to ask you a little bit about your writing history, your... Uh, your experience in filmmaking, how'd you get into it, and uh, what made you want to become a writer for film? Um, I've always wanted to be a writer. Like, ever since I was little, I actually wrote my first play in the third grade, and it was about the American Revolution. (laughs) (laughs) It had a Fairly Odd Parents reference, and I'm pretty sure it had, like, a Hey Arnold reference in it, so... Oh my god, that's amazing. I I wish I could find it, because, like, in my mind, it was really funny, and the (laughs) other class wanted us to redo it. I also acted in it. Oh my god. star. She's a a GD star, people. (laughs) So I've always wanted to write, and I've always had a very active imagination. And it's it's a passion of mine, I guess. Nice. Okay. Sorry, just really quickly, if you couldn't. I don't get my own microphone, so I have to share. 
Yeah, we're having microphone problems. Um, we have too many friends on the couch we're on today. We're a tight budget. <laughs> we're on a tight budget. So my we Christmas only have money four right now. microphones. <laughs> it's not even Christmas yet, Chris. Chris, you get four mics and you, and you just can't get a fifth? God. We have a fifth mic. The, the whole... Ah! Oh, For those who cannot see, Mike yeah, Rabel Tom, just raised his hand. We have a fifth mic. <laughs> it's just for today. Technically, we mic. do. Like a, like a boxing ring, just it drops well, down. Egg here. on my face. <laughs> um, so... So you you've been writing since you were you were young, Kate. Now we're talking to Kate for those kids. <laughs> Too many people on the couch. Um, so you've been writing since you were young, and you just graduated from film school. Yeah, uh, SUNY Purchase. Yes, SUNY Purchase. So you want to pursue writing as your career, film, theater, anything specific or um, whatever. I really like plays because I'm really bad at writing scene directions, <laughs> and because um, like with film, it's like eighty percent just visual, and I'm like. I can't write visual. I'm more. I'm more better at dialogue, and I'm really bad at grammar. Yes, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, but <laughs> um, yeah. So I really like plays, but I mean, I'm down for whatever would pay me to write anything. So that's like the thought for all of us. <laughs> I'm down for anybody that will pay me to do mm-hmm. the thing I like to do. Yeah. 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 Hashtag pay me in 2018. <laughs> Um, so, um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Steve Solves a Murder and uh, what inspired it and what your plans are for this. Just uh, to be clear, that's what we're reading today. Yes, yeah. I said it earlier. You were paying attention to the show, Chris. Listen, I have to, I have to do the faces to the visuals because they can't just be looking at your head of hair. Uh, I'm, ta- so I'm winking and pointing. <laughs> Um, I wrote this a couple of years ago for a playwriting class because our assignment was to take the form of one thing and make it into another. And I don't know why my brain just went to Blue's Clues, I guess, because my brain Blue's Clues is always on my mind. So I was like, it'd be really cool if I made Blue's Clues into like a murder mystery, like a film noir almost. Nice. So um, what is your intent with this script? Was it just a class assignment or are you wanting to make it? Uh, into an actual film. I mean, if I can make it like a YouTube short, that'd be really fun. I mean, it is a YouTube short. If you look Steve Saul's a murder up on YouTube, it's a really, really bad Oh my gosh. little clip. Do um, it, guys. Go look at it right now. <laughs> the first, we're, we're like, five minutes. We're always sunny around. I'm gonna get it made after sh- shooting the pilot with your friends. <laughs> yeah. The first, like, five minutes, my main actor who played Steve was a 17-year-old boy, and he's six foot three. Oh, my God. I messed up with the camera, so his forehead's cut off <laughs> um, for, like, the first, like, three or four minutes of the clip. So but the framing's, like, really... The framing's bad. The acting's bad. The I did green screen. I've never edited a thing before in my life, so, like, I was like, of course I'm going to do green screen first. Who <laughs> wouldn't? Go big or go home. Yeah, it's just... Not good. <laughs> Not good at all. Well, we're we're here to redeem it. Thank I you. think I think that's that's what we're we're here to redeem. So we're gonna uh, read Steve Sells a Murder. Uh, we have we have the five of us here reading the uh, bunch of parts, so this should be fun. And uh, afterward, we're going to give you some notes and comments and and thoughts, cool. thoughts on thoughts. All right, whenever you're ready, Chris. Steve solves a murder. By Kate Schaefer. Dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> this episode was brought to you by Audible. <laughs> <laughs> Please sponsor us, Audible. <laughs> Exterior, house, day, 
Slowly, we, we get closer to the front door and it opens. Steve, 27, stands smoking in the doorway. Hi, come on in. I'm so glad you're here. There's been a murder. Interior, house, day. A body with a comically large knife sticking out of it lays on the floor. Our victim is Pat Brika. It appears to be a stabbing, but I can't be certain. But I've got a hunch. Blue, 20, enters the room. This is my informant, Blue. I don't know her real name, but I call her Blue because of her blue coat. It's good to see you, Blue. What do you got? Blue just looks at him and shakes her head. Come on, Blue. You've got to have something for me. Blue stares at him before giving him a blue envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it says here, Barika was about to fire all of her staff. Do you know what this means? Blue wants us to look for clues. Blue's clues. <laughs> do you know how to solve a case using Blue's clues? You do? Great. We're going to play Blue's Clues because it's a really great way to close cases. <laughs> now remember, this blue envelope will be on the clues. Blue's Clues. I'm going to need your help if I'm ever going to solve this case. Will you help me? You will? That's great. I can always count on you to figure out... To, oh, sorry, that was a period. <laughs> to figure out Blue's Clues, we have to find three envelopes. After we find the third one... Then we have to think it out. I always like going back to my house and sit back on my recliner. It helps me think. Interior, kitchen, day. The best thing about my recliner is that I've broken it in, so it's the shape of my butt. <laughs> a blue envelope is on top of a knife. A clue! A clue! What? I've got something on my shoe? No! A clue! A clue? Where? I don't see it. Right there! <laughs> He turns around and sees it on top of the knife. Oh, there it is. On top of this here knife. So we now know for certain that the victim was stabbed. I should probably write this down. It's a good thing I brought my handy-dandy notebook. But anyone could have a knife. This doesn't bring us any closer. We're gonna have to find other clues. Exterior street day. A woman runs up to Steve. Detective! Detective! It looks like this lady needs our help. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? I was wondering if you could help me. A thief came in with a gun and took all of the money in my cash register. And then he wrecked my store. He knocked all of the books off the shelves. And now I need to put them in alphabetical order. Would you help me put them away? Ma'am, I'm an officer of the law who needs to solve a murder case. Why would you think I have time? Or that I would want to help you clean up your books and put them in alphabetical order? I mean, for Christ's sake, you're a grown woman. I'm sure you know D comes before B. Now, good day. But, but... I said good day. He starts walking again, <laughs> shaking his head. Can you believe her? Why on earth would I help her? Salt, 28, is standing in the street. <gasps> it's the chef. I have a few questions for him. Excuse me, sir. You're Jacques Salt, right? Oui, I am. Why? I would like to ask you a couple of questions about the Brika murder. Now, you worked for Miss Brika, right? Oui. And you have access to knives? I'm a chef. Of course I use knives. And is it true Miss Brika was thinking about hiring a new chef? Oui. She was thinking about it. She was thinking about firing all her employees, even the mates. Ha! She would have been lost. Her house, a mess, her weeds, overgone. So you would have been out of a job. I am the best. She soon realized replacing me would have been a mistake. And besides, if I killed her, I'd be out of a job anyway. Hmm. 
Yeah, very interesting. Thank you for your time, Mr. Salt. Of course. Salt walks away. We can't count him. We can't count him out yet because he fits the murderer perfectly. Of course, a chef would kill someone with a knife. It makes perfect sense, but we won't know for sure. Just interior police station day. A clue! A clue! You see a clue? Where? Where is it? Damn it! Right there on your desk. I found it. It's a pink slip. The name is blurred out, so I don't know who it's for. I better write this down in my notebook. Hmm, a knife and a pink slip. I wonder who our murderer could be. We need to find our third clue. He sits down at his desk. Mail time! Mail time! Mail time! Hmm, the mail's here. (laughs) The mailman dances into the station, giving letters to the detectives. Mail's here, mail's here. Hey, Steve, I've got your letter. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Strange man. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Oh, it's from our friends. Hi, Steve. I heard there was a murder. My favorite murder was by Charles Manson. Bye. Well, that didn't help at all. Then he committed a lot of murders. Blue walks past. He gets up and starts following her. Wait, Blue, wait. They walk outside where Blue walks through a door into a store. <laughs> Blue skidoo, we can too. He walks through a door. Interior, bar, evening. He sits on a bar stool and lights a cigarette. Jack on the rocks. He sips his drink. We're not any closer figuring out who murdered Miss Brika. I don't even have a hunch. He downs his drink. I used to be the best. Used to be the detective everyone else looked up to. Now look at me. Can't close this case. A man in a chef's hat is holding a tray. On his hat, there is a blue envelope. A clue! A clue! That's just the thing I can't find. Any more clues? No, there's a clue. There is? Where? Right there on the chef's hat. Steve looks around until his eyes fall on the man. Steve sprints up and runs to the man, grabbing him by the collar. It was you who killed Brika. I knew it all along. You'd think I wouldn't find you, but here we are. Before the man gets a chance to speak, Steve punches him in the face, causing him to fall to the floor. Steve stares at him. A clue! Yeah, I got him. No, the clue! The hat! The chef's hat. I found it! This is the clue. Okay, I gotta put this down in my notebook. (gasps) Do you know what this means? This is our third clue. You know what that means? It's time to go to our thinking chair. He steps over the man and walks to it. Dingy? Dingy. Dingy living room. (laughs) He sits in a red recliner. Blue is at a table behind him, reading the paper. Interior, house, evening. Mm, Okay. Now that we're here, let's think. You will help, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Great. So we're trying to figure out who killed Miss Brika, and our clues are a knife, a pink slip, and a chef's hat. Hmm. Who would use these things? Well... We already determined that it's not the next-door neighbor. She was out last night. The gardener has access to knives and was facing being fired, but he doesn't wear a chef's hat. It's as if a light goes on. It's the chef, Mr. Salt. Is that right, Blue? She nods her head yes and makes an mmm sound. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's it. We did it. We just figured out Blue's clues. 
you know it's because we're really smart. He starts walking, and the lights go out. Interior, police station, evening. Bring back in Mr. Salt. I have some words for him. He keeps walking and ends up in an interrogation room where Salt is already sitting in the chair. It was you who killed Miss Brika. I already told you it was not I. <laughs> sure. All the evidence points to you. The knife, the pink slip, the chef's hat. Those could have been from anyone. Give it up, Salt. You're going to the big house. You have nothing on me. Oh, yeah? What about this? He throws a blue envelope onto the table. What is this? Open it. Salt opens the envelope and gasps. Fine. You're right. It was me. That old man wanting to get rid of me. It was ridiculous. I have never been fired before in my life. And she wanted to toss me aside like I was yesterday's trash. It was humiliating. Why didn't you just quit? Because I... I... I never thought of that. He turns to the camera. As he speaks, he lights and smokes a cigarette. Thanks for coming over today and doing your part. You sure are smart. (laughs) You know with me and you and help from Blue, we can do anything we want to do. Bye-bye. See you later. Hi, this is Tess Pelicano, and you're listening to Fade In. If you like what you've been hearing so far, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. You can also rate us and leave a review as it helps rank us among other podcasts. Now back to the show. <laughs> I should have read that before I sent it to you because Celtex keeps messing everything up. And so it oh, just typos? totally it just cut Lots out like of chunks of things. Yeah. Like, I noticed them the first. Yeah. Like there Celtex were... sometimes really screws me up. And I'll go back and I'll read things and it'll just be totally different from like what I'd written before. One time I lost 10 pages to Celtex and I was <gasps> so mad. Okay. Not using that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was a Steve Solves a Murder by Kate Schaefer. Do you guys have any thoughts after those wonderful performances? So, so I have a question. So in this version of this world... Are all of the so I'm, I'm guessing like so blue is still a dog, but is salt still a sh- salt, uh, salt shaker or no? They're all humans. Okay, they're all humans. Okay. Um, blue just wears a blue pea coat. Okay. Because of her blue coat, yeah, a literal coat, not just a dog. Coat. Oh yeah, that's why I was confused as uh, well. Yeah. Um. No, yeah, like a, like okay. a jacket. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Like so smoking. I got this whole thing like the first time I ran it through. We can't all be Mike. I know. I used to watch the hell out of Blue's Clues when I was very little, so, yeah. I was thinking about maybe, like, if I ever wanted to do, like, another thing of this involving these characters in this world, that I would include, like, a rival detective, and he would come in, and he's like, what the fuck's going on, Steve? (laughs) Detective Joe. Yeah. Get out of here, Joe. (laughs) Who's Joe? Uh, he's the guy who replaces Steve. Oh. Blue. And no one likes him. Okay. Is that show still even going on? No. <laughs> Mike is nodding. I thought it was. I thought I saw something about it. Joe it's on be... Amazon now. My six-year-olds watch Blue's Clues. Oh, my Joe God. Be... I used to watch Blue's Clues. This is amazing. Joe could be the guy from the FBI who's like, we're taking over the case. <laughs> 
taking over the case. Major crimes coming in. It'd be funny if they both had dun, like dun. little gravelly ultra noir voices. I'm taking over the case. Hell no, you aren't. <laughs> like, Who's even in charge here? Dave, you're going to college. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my question for you, Kate, is it's clearly a parody of of Blue's Clues, but is this meant to be taped as as something for for kids, or this is like a Family Guy level cartoon yeah. thing, like for adults? Um, I don't think I'd actually like if, when I picture it, I don't picture it as animated. I right. picture it yeah. as like with people. Um, but I would think like twenty something year olds who grew up watching Blue's Clues that I would so think adults. that's what it's for. I got Wait. it. You got it. Yeah, for adults. That's why. Yeah, no, I knew it was for adults. The second I saw, he's got Jack on the rocks. He's smoking a cigarette. There's a murder. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's called Steve solves a murder. (laughs) Yes, I'm just I'm asking questions for the audience. (laughs) Doesn't know as smart as you, Michael. Children love murder. (laughs) See you, New York. That's all I watched as a kid. CSI New York, nice, nice. Do we want to go around with our thoughts, or are you just going to... Yeah, let's do that. Chris, what are your thoughts? All right. Thoughts um, on thoughts, let's do it. So I think I I love the tone of this piece. I think the ma- the mashing of Noir and Blue's Clues is really well done and, and really funny, and it's full of character, which is, I think, the biggest compliment I can give this piece is, like... Every everyone in this piece we encounter and everything they do feels very alive and very much like something they would do and very authentic. Um, I think um, you can take the parallels between Blue Clues and Noir further. I think right now it's sort of like the structure of a Blue Clues episode with the themes visually and tonally of noir i think you can play around more with like noir tropes in it and uh blue's clues tropes uh, tropes in it as the episode goes on that we get like more entangled with uh with the visuals and 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 themes that happen uh, that we expect in these two types of of shows because i definitely felt like for example, all the you voices, like there's a clue, there's a clue. It was really funny. But then like the third time around, towards the end, I, I it, it felt a little bit repetitive. I think there's something else that you can do to elevate it higher. Uh, I, I think the three instances of that voice work. But um, if, if, if there was something different, I, I think you can elevate it maybe like, I don't know, this is just off the top of my head, but maybe like the third clue where it is placed is very hard uh, for for the you voice to formulate without using like foul language or something. Like maybe oh, it's like yeah. like uh, behind a cigarette and then the you voice is like, it's behind the uh, hmm. uh, uh, instrument or like maybe like dance around with the themes a little bit more of what the two types of shows can and can't do. I think we'll elevate this higher and like sort of build on the very, very solid foundation that the show has. So the you voice, just to clarify is, is the children yelling at the TV. Right. It's the, it's the children being like clue. It's a clue. clue, Right. Yeah. I think this is a very, very strong foundation of a piece. And I think if you just take that and run with it further and just build on top of it a little bit as the episode goes along, I think this could be a really, really wonderful 
idea for a show. It's very creative, and it's mm-hmm. like it's it's very unique. So I give you props. Thank you. It's fun, Tom. What are your thoughts? Something that I was a little confused about was so is this a continuation of the Blues Clues world? Is this the Blues Clues world that we know being invaded by kind of these darker themes? Or is this something completely new where you have the structure of a show like that, of a, of a kid's show, where the mystery for anyone over the age of five, it's pretty easy to figure out. But, you know, everyone else has to kind of go through the procedure of, oh, well, now we have to learn about numbers. Now we have to learn about colors. Or the alphabet. Or the alphabet or anything. D um, becomes 4E. Right. Sorry. So I, I think the decision you have to make now is... Is this a world where darkness lives, or is this a world where darkness doesn't live and it's invading? And I think that's a de- I think that's a decision you have to make going forward. So how would because that's a really good comment, and I and I think I know what you mean, hmm. but kind of explain what you mean by that. So the way you you have it set up now, it seems to me like this is a world in darkness where like murder can happen. Uh, it is not idyllic. It is not utopian at all. It is it is noir. It is dark. People get murdered. There's um, betrayal. Uh, the salt and the yep. Right, okay. right. And that's the norm. And it always has been the norm. Uh, and that is one way you could go about it. Or you can say have it take place in this idyllic world that we know from the show. It's like, oh, everything's happy-go-lucky. Nothing can go wrong. And, oh, my God, murder just happened. I don't know how to process this. This is new. What's going on? Um, and that's another way to go about it, where it's, where it's okay, why has, why has this world fundamentally changed? Um, or why hasn't it changed? That's a really great comment. Yeah, that would actually be like a really fun idea of just using the whole same setup as Blue's Clues. Like, there's a dog, there's salt and pepper shakers mm-hmm. that talk, and just a murder happens. And they're like, what? What do I do? <laughs> no, yeah, but it's definitely like set up in a world where it just like murder happens. People okay. deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I'm a big fan because I like I liked the Blue's Clues spin on it. I thought it was hilarious. I feel like I'm an odd man out here uh, where I understand that this is absolute parody. Um, that it's the not trying to go for something more than just a laugh. It's this is Blue's Clues formula, including the characters transplanted into the noir and keeping the same kind of just stupid thing, but adding you know noir and make it funny because it's it's yeah. it's a juxtaposition of of ideas, right? Like yeah. you're like it's children's show in gritty noir, love it, parody, great print. It's kind um, of like it reminds me of um, like you putting it that way kind of reminds me of what Family Guy does occasionally yeah. with their parodies. It's like it looks like Family Guy, but it also looks like like Star Wars, like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. transplant all the Star Wars. Yeah, that's a perfect example, yeah. actually. Thanks. Yeah. It's pretty much that's how I feel about it. You know, like Family Guy has a whole Star Wars special where all the same characters are just playing Star Wars characters instead. So like Peter is Han Solo, that kind of that kind of stuff. I think that's funny. Honestly, comedy is best when simplified because thinking about comedy uh, doesn't make it necessarily as funny. I mean, like you can have complex and deep comedy 
but really most things should still just kind of hit you even if it is deep and complex you still should be able to go oh ha right away in that moment yeah. um so i think it does a good job of that i think it does a good job of keeping that idea and making it a good parody what i do think however is i think since it is being transplanted to a group uh or, or we are now changing the demographic of who's going to watch this the 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 actual mystery should be more of a twist or harder to figure out kind of thing um you said a whole bunch was lost in the script so i, I feel like there were characters in there because i'm like gardener neighbor we never talked to these people yeah i thought um, that's, that's a note i made i was like who well, how do you know that the gardener has access to all these things yeah. yeah when i first wrote it i originally had like you talked to the gardener and you when he skidoos, he skidoos <laughs> to um like a flower shop that had the next door neighbor there and he talked to her too but and then when I rewrote it, it got cut, but then I tried to put it back, and I'm, I guess cell text just really screwed me. <laughs> okay. I should read things I before could, I send them out. Yeah. God, cell That's text. the lesson of the well, story. Cell I, text. I could figure contextually that there were things missing, so it's yeah. not like um, I was completely thrown. But yeah, I think I think reworking it so that like the murder comes out from left field, like blue is the actual murder or something like that. Like something that just doesn't make any standing sense. There, She's just standing there. Whatsoever. Yep. Yep. yep being stubborn. And, mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, like a femme fatale in, in, in a, she's his partner in solving crimes way, but then turns out to be the criminal, uh, because I, I, I when it's I was reading you it, all along. <laughs> when, when I was when I was reading it, I had every time blue came up and I pictured blue, I just pictured blue in this like horribly stubborn, pissed off, kind of irritated with Steve <laughs> vibe. Like, Jesus, which, this guy which is would dumb. Be in line with the show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that could fit well with your idea of having the Joe character. You could play there with more noir tropes. Um, just to really quickly for five seconds to clarify, I think we are kind of heading in the same direction. Maybe I just didn't phrase it well. If this script is like in a blender and half of it is the blue clues and half of it is the noir, all I was trying to say is like, I feel like there's more room to blend it and have it be a little bit more like fused together like the smoothies oh, only been blended for 10 seconds you should turn it back on for right I, I, I feel like it is not it is i feel like i want it i want it to be harder for me not harder i i want on on more levels to fuse the noir with the blues clues rather than just having the structure of one and the tone of the other but like or just have more opportunities where we can see that happen because i think mm. there there is a lot of that here it's just we need more of it it's 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 something really difficult to balance like okay when is it not enough and when is it too much and i think that's that's what you're going to have to decide i kind of had a thought about that actually um in terms of you know making it more for the adults cuz i mean it is for an adult it's adult comedy there we go i feel like there's a lot of opportunity for you to have the characters kind of wink to the audience like i know you're adults i know this is like banal to adults and the comedy is like or not the comedy but the the structure of blues clues is banal so like in instead of like having the audience or like a voice of of children at the tv saying there's a clue there's a clue you could have some dude in the bar be like yo dumbass look <laughs> uh, right there a clue that's really good. a clue you know <laughs> like, like as if like 
dude, can't you hear the children like on the TV? Mm-hmm. It's right there. Did you not hear them? <laughs> yeah, you know? or, or like, you know, the television, you just hear a television on in the background. And it's like a clue, a clue from like a clip from something else. And then it just. Yeah, like something that's that kind of twists how the show uses those tools to solve, quote, solve the murder. You know, um, I forgot. I think it was you, Mike, who said something about make it more make it more of a twist at the end for the murder because for the children's show, it's like you meet one character and it's like, ah, that's the murderer. It's the only person we're talking to. And I know you said that things got cut out in the script, so that makes a lot more sense. And I was like, why do we only talk to the murderer? (laughs) It's the only person we talk to. But like the lady who wanted her books alphabetized, you know, I was like, oh, I hope it's her. (laughs) It's like, it wouldn't make any sense, but it's it's like, oh, it wasn't the salt. It happened to be this this lady, but just like a twist that like brings the adult thinking into it. Like, ha ha, we get the surprise. With the the book lady, I I could see something that I think you wanted to kind of expand upon. And that's that, uh, like this world is bombarding Steve with trying to help him do you know, like teach lessons to children. It's like, oh, let's alphabetize this. Oh, let's count this. Or, oh, let's do something stupid like this. And he's like, I don't feel like dealing with this. Shut the hell up. You're and a grown ass woman, count yeah. your own books. Yeah. So like, I, I, I like that. I think, yeah. I think you could definitely stretch that because that was really good. Um, yeah. Also, you said this was for a class or something that you shot a while back. So with the knowledge you know now, you could touch this script up into something a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Look out for it, guys, on our YouTube channel. <laughs> Down the line. Blue's Clue, Steve Soul's a murder. Maybe it is the soul, but then after, at the end of the episode, he takes a phone call and he's like, they totally bought the bait. And on the other line, it's, it's Joe. And he's like, oh. good. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I, th- I, I thought you were going to say it was like Pepper. But like Peppa from Salt and Peppa. Oh. More, more like Peppa Pig. <laughs> the show just got greenlit. You just, I say, think... you just say Peppa Pig and they're like, look, we have all the money in the world for you. <laughs> all you needed to say, Peppa Pig. My favorite part about Peppa Pig, my kids watch it. And how they say zebras, they go, zebra. Zoe, zebra. Yeah, because they're like Australian or British or something. Yeah, they say zebra. Just to clarify, those are kids you babysit. Yes, not children. Yes, I don't have any kids, but I call them kids I babysit. Just just so the audience is aware, we know, but... (laughs) Father, can I pet the zebra? (laughs) Oh, look, here comes Zoe, zebra. Are we nearly there yet? (laughs) I like the alliteration of that name. Why does the zebra have a cigarette? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, um, that was Steve Solves a Murder, and we're going to look out for it later later on, maybe sometime next year or something. Keep checking our YouTube channel in the future. Who the heck knows? But for now, look up Steve Solves a Murder, because she already, Kate already made it. Um, I think it might be on, it's on, like, Writer Scene Workshop YouTube channel. Okay. <laughs> totally gonna go look it up later but uh for us at fade in we are at connecticut filmworks on facebook and youtube so check out what we're doing there and we will catch you next time bye Bye. oh this is facing the camera i can't believe it
reason why Steve Burns left Blue's Clues was because he was going bald and he didn't want to go bald on a children's TV show. Why not? Really? I, I think thought he was on be- drugs. <laughs> no, the he best didn't. Place. He's not. On, I mean, I don't can't say for certain if he's on drugs, <laughs> but he he has like a music career now and he's bald. Wow. 